This is Healthy Business with Dr. Charles Moak. Learn how to help transform your business into a wildly profitable, well-oiled machine. Start practicing healthcare that not only benefits your patients and your community, but grows your business. I'm Cam Carmen, and Dr. Moak is joining me to talk about the building blocks of a business, which he discusses in his book, The Abundance Machine. And let's start out, Dr. Moak, by talking about core values within your company. Thanks, Cam. So sometimes people confuse the word core values with culture or use them interchangeably, not being confused. I like to think of core values the way that Jim Lencioni talked about it with uh, permission to play. These are core values that you have in order to be working here. You'd potentially let people go because they don't have them or lose money to protect them. So core values in our company, we have certain core values that are non-negotiable. For example, if somebody were to steal from us, uh, they would be fired. Mm-hmm. And even though that some other businesses, that might be okay because of the circumstances. Maybe there are some businesses that, that look at ethics differently. But our business, that would be a, that's one of our core, core values would be, I can say what they are, are kind of our internal ones, but it's permission to play in our company. And then we have, we have what we call isms, ISMS, regarding our culture. And we define our culture in 12 different steps. There's 12 different isms. And culture, I really like to define it. In fact, was this Ben Horowitz just wrote a book called what you do is who you are, and that's what your culture is. What you do is who you are, how you behave. So it's a collection of behaviors that occurs in a business, and it's even a, sometimes, I think, a collection of language. I was at down in uh, South Carolina yesterday, and this is not one of our culture things, but it's one of our foundational principles, and the concept of answering the effing phone came up three times by different people. And they were talking about, not like mean, but they're talking about, that's what the word we use, answer the effing phone. That's one of our switches. And this is that, that's, a, that's that lexion that they understand that it's very important that we respect our patient's time and pick up the phone and talk to them versus, can you hold please? Sure. That would be then a foundational principle. So we have core values, which are permission to play. And typically you have three to five that could be described pretty easily. A lot of times they're really kind of not aspirational, but something that are, most people would agree with. Any one of your three or five core values is a good value. Then there's culture that's really unique to your organization. Like one of our isms is called ownership thinking. And that's where you think like you own it. And we have a way we even distribute the profits in our company as if you do own it. It allows us to have our employees think about, hey, this is my practice or our practice, not Dr. Monk's practice or some third party's practice. Mm-hmm. And that's culture. And then we have foundational principles, which are really still kind of fine tuning to how to explain those to other parts of our company. Re- the reason it's really important to have core values very early on is you have a litmus test on what people would stay in the organization and what really need to go. So once you've identified those, even if your company might be kind of small, if somebody violates core value, they really need to be out because that's a core value violation. And the culture actually adapts over time and it kind of grows a little bit and it does change from time to time as a, as a business changes. And it's really important eventually to document your culture in some fashion so that when you bring new people on board that aren't really interacting with the original founder, what happens when the company scales, but they can understand what the company's about. And then foundational principles are things that we just do to be successful, like answering the effing phone, mm-hmm. or we call it never block rock space. Like we always have a, a availability for new patient appointments. And when we see divisions in our business, they sort of try to modify the schedule to convenience themselves, to into the disconvenience of the patient. That's not a foundational principle. Those really kind of define aspects of the business. And it's good to have them clearly documented as a scale. Early on, you're just growing them. Mm-hmm. Now talk about the strategy and the purpose as well that you mentioned. Okay, strategy. I, I really like Bob Bloom's book called The Inside Advantage, which is a good planning tool to help you figure out your strategy. And strategy is kind of 
who's your core customer, what do you do for them, and how do you achieve it? And it's really good to kind of clearly identify who your core customer is for your business. Now, we have different aspects to our business. Our main thing is treating patients. But we also have a coaching of our business. We want coach doctors how to treat their patients. So those actually have different core customers. So the one core customer, the one I want to be a hero to, is the doctor that's trying to do something to save healthcare. But they're getting their teeth kicked in by the industry, by healthcare establishment, by the complexity by hospitals, by competition. But our core customers are our patients. And there's a specific core customer that's not a certain age or a certain sex. There's certain things that they're looking for. Like one of our core customers for all our divisions, be it from the venous circulation to the cosmetic side, is helping people look and feel better with less risk. And then there's what do you do for them and then how do you do it? That's really your strategy. And if you can align your strategy, it lets you understand what purposes you should not pursue and what things you might even add. And you said strategy and execution? Oh, strategy and purpose. Okay, strategy and purpose. Now, purpose is like your defining beacon of where the company is going. Our short-term purpose is we plan, we intend to save $10 billion a year, 10 with a B, billion dollars mm-hmm. in healthcare by 2025. And it's allowing me to figure out which services we need to jettison and which ones we need to add on to. It doesn't mean every single thing we do is lined around saving healthcare because we have some things we're doing we're experimenting with or some things that really aren't having anything other than say, helping people feel better mm-hmm. or look better. But a core part of our business is trying to, actually we're trying to kill off wound care by curing the problem. And our real core purpose for our company is save healthcare. And the way we intend to do that is change the way doctors think about healthcare right now. There's more of a, healthcare is more of a disease maintenance situation. Like they'll check you every quarter if you have diabetes until you get it. And then they treat diabetes versus let's head it off and make you not have diabetes because we know how to cure diabetes or certainly prevent it. We do that internally here. So that's really our purpose. So the culture, talked about that. That's different than core values. It's different than foundational principles, but they're similar. Then there's purpose, which is, you know, why are you doing it? And strategy and goals. Strategy and goals. And and we also put in their execution. Execution, uh, so you have, we could imagine there's three foundational building blocks of strategy, execution, and culture. And hands down, culture wins every time. So that's number one really to identify. Strategy is what you're doing, how you get there. And execution, actually carrying it out. And we use the four disciplines of execution as our model for execution. And it allows the entire team to know what the numbers are, how they're doing. We use what we call lead and lagging numbers. So let's say you wanted to lose 20 pounds by Christmas. That's really defined that you want to lose 20 pounds by Christmas. You said how much and when. And then in order to do that, you might decide, well, I've got 11 months, so I'm going to try those a pound a month. And to do that, I'm going to start exercising three times a week, every week, and maybe eat refined carbohydrates only one day a week. And every week, you can assess whether or not you're doing this. Every month, you can see if you're getting towards that goal. You're much more likely to lose the 12 pounds or whatever it is by Christmas if you set those leading measures versus if you say, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by Christmas or whatever it happens to be. You might just wait till after Thanksgiving to start considering it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All fascinating. Thank you, Dr. Moak. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Healthy Business. We'll see you next time.